I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to an Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas, here we go. You know, I was very happy to hear that last week's episode was doing so well with the downloads. However... We may have gone a little too far after the great Indian nation last week because I had two teepees planted in my front yard this week. Surely. Oh, no. Yeah, well, surely they'll figure out pretty soon that I do not have any Tatanka for sale and move back north to Oklahoma. (laughs) But it's safe to say, buddy, that you and I learned a valuable lesson when using the Indians for comedic value always. Go after the dots, not the feathers. At least until our downloads reach the hotel motel industry. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling zippity doo out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. Bo Cephas will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I said fire! To the rain, watch it pour as I touch your face. And coming this fall, your glory hole boys, FGH can be found on the one, the only, DallasCowboys.com. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always. Right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, 
Tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cowbell choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am proudly drinking a Yingling mm. beer. It is one of my favorite beers of all time. It's not a new beer. In fact, it's the oldest brewery in America, and the reason why I'm drinking it tonight, and everybody in the great state of Texas should be drinking it tonight, is it finally came to <laughs> Texas yesterday, yeah. baby. All this time, we finally fucking got it. And it's easily one of the greatest days in the history of the great state of Texas, and Longhorn, it got me thinking of other great days in the history of Texas. So, quick little history lesson for you guys out there. On October 22nd, 1839, the great state of Texas finished digging a river between us and Oklahoma to at least ensure that those dirty, inbred halfetards, if they crossed into our state, they would at least have to watch some of the ticks and poverty <laughs> off their stupid backs before they got here. Oh my God. On, <laughs> on February 23rd, 1836, in a small town called San Antonio, and yes, that is how you pronounce it if you're from here, the forces of the Mexican <clears throat> army, led by Santa Ana himself, descended upon a small fort called the Alamo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on top of the wall of the Alamo, Standing watch was Captain Richard Pickler. No. Cap Captain Richard, hold on. So you're telling me standing on, I don't remember this in my history book, Bocibus, but you're telling me that Captain Dick Prickler, Pickler, Dick Pickler was on the Alamo? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's the history. I mean, I don't, you know, if you know him on such a well-known basis to call him Dick, I don't know. I didn't know him like that. I'm going to give the man full respect and call him Captain Richard Pickler, but... Anyway, Dickie Boy was up there, and he Captain saw Dick. this massive Mexican army cross over the hill. And at that is the point where he yelled down to Colonel Travis those immortal words. Hey, boss, the landscapers are here, oh, and they look pissed. my God. <laughs> you know, is, and, is this the end of the of story? of course. No, it's of course not. Now, there's one more day no. to celebrate, probably the most important. Uh, that day in Texas history will be September 9th, because that is the day that your boy Bo Cephas came into the world right here in the great state of Texas. And although I've been offered the title of Emperor of Texas literally since birth, I've always deferred my power. But Longhorn, I'm looking around and I'm starting to feel like the day is coming where I might have to take my rightful place on the throne. And many of you out there have expressed your concern that I won't do my duty. But don't you fret, my pets. If the time does come, I will answer the call and save you all, baby. God bless Texas. No, I think I think you've been pickling your dick a little too much over there, and you, you're just you, <laughs> you've done you've done picked your dick retarded, and you have no clue what you're talking about. All right, boys and girls, with that, we're going to get into the podcast. We're going to go off the NFC and AFC North this week. Like every week this preseason, two divisions per week. We're going to give you our best bets in each. We're going to make you money as we always fucking do. But right now, it's time for us to make some money. And to do that, here's this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Billy's Burger Barn. Are you tired of people finding you attractive? Do you wish you had less self-respect? Do you want people to stop loving you? 
Well, then come on down to Billy's Burger Barn. At Billy's Burger Barn, we have just the right combination of fatty-ass foods covered in salt and devil semen that will make you hate yourself in no time. And just one fucking bite of this preservative-filled, fat-laden, horseshit excuse for food, and you will have to avoid contact with your family for at least a week out of pure fucking shame. And nothing shortens your life expectancy like our extra value meal, so come on down to Billy's and get the Glory Hole Boy special. That's four double bacon cheeseburgers, exercise fries, and the biggest goddamn milkshake on the planet. All for just $5.99. At Billy's Burger Barn, you know our jingle. Your fat ass is gonna eat somewhere. Might as well be here. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, I gotta tell you, that Billy's Burger Barn, uh, you and I have been there many times, but uh, you know what? Lately, buddy, uh, you've been swearing off the old Billy's there and trying to get in some good shape, so... How about some testimonials to uh, what uh, swearing off that fatty ass food's done for you? Yeah, um, I have been. Thank you for noticing, by the way. It's it's. I mean, it's it's. Uh, the pictures are everywhere. You know, they're they're free for anybody to see. But like, <laughs> I can't. It really. It's not the food as much as it is. Is all this fucking cold beer that I've laid off, and honestly, that is the hardest part. And when I do get a chance to drink beer, I drink hard. So. Cheers to tonight and actually being able to drink a bunch of beer and talk football with the good people. That's right. Plus, I got tired of standing in line between all those fucking fat asses. Jesus yeah. Christ, with your gas, people, you Ugh. fucking fat bastards. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What? what do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby. Oh, baby, it is time to go over all those wins coming in the air tonight, Longhorn. And we're going to start with the AFC North and those Baltimore Ravens. Last year, 11-5. This year, they're over under in Vegas is 10.5. That's a full a half game downgrade from Vegas from last year. But more importantly, it's really a 10% production and win percentage expected by Vegas. Longhorn, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, that they have a 10% uh, better win percentage expectation. Is that what you said? 10% reduction. Oh, reduction. Expectations. Um, hmm. I don't. That's that's interesting to me because they are known as the regular season bullies. Uh, so it's got to be a direct. It's got to. And, you know, the roster hasn't changed a whole lot. So it's got to be a direct. Uh, shot at Jackson is the only thing I can think of and not seeing as much progression as they're, as they're anticipating. The only other thing I can think of is that maybe they're going to actually try and use Jackson as more Lamar as more of a passer in, instead of just doing the, the traditional, you know, the reason they're bullies in the regular season for the last couple of years is because they run, run, run and, and do what they do. So maybe they're expected to try and throw a little bit more and get his passing game developed up and that you know that may cost them a win 
um, in, in the season. But, but I mean, what do you, do you have thoughts on that? What, what are your, what do you think it is for? I mean, overall, offensive last year, they were deep, or 11th in DVOA. Obviously, like you said, buoyed by the rushing attack where they were third in the league. But their passing attack was 17th, though. They were obviously below average. Uh, I mean, I don't have a lot to say on this team. They're pretty simple to handicap. And I'm not, I don't need to beat everybody to death with numbers to do it. I mean, Lamar, in his MVP campaign, was third in the league in EPA plus CPOE. Uh, and he won the MVP. He dropped all the way to 13th last year. So, obviously, instead of progression, you saw a huge regression. And it's still above average, so definitely he still was good. But, obviously, the league's kind of figured him out. And But because he's such a special talent or an athlete, he still is having, you know, relative success. But, I mean, I expect a downtrend to continue just like Vegas does. Uh, but not enough for them not to be a good team. I mean, they went under about half a game last year. I expect them to do the same this year. Uh, really going about 10-7 and seven is where I got them. I mean, I just... The, the only real question mark I see on this team, besides Lamar Jackson, who stays a question mark every year as far as his passing is concerned, is the pass rush. They lost they lost some pass rush people, and they've replaced them with draft picks. They got Jalen Ferguson, who should step up. Uh, they brought in a couple free agents. And, uh, and um, you know, I'll, I'll believe that Baltimore doesn't have a pass rush when I see it. So I fully expect them to have a decent pass rush with these new guys, but Jackson, uh, you know, they go to the playoffs every year. If they want to take that next step to actually be Super Bowl champions, they have got to figure out if this dude can actually be a drop back passer when needed, when you're behind in games, which you, you know, you're likely to be in some playoff games. So if they're going to experiment with that during the regular season, I can see that, uh, you know, giving them a, a slight downgrade on their regular season wins. I have them going 11 and six, which I guess that puts them over on their mark. Yeah, they'd be over by half game. Okay, so I, I mean, just because they are such bullies in regular season, I, I can't, I can't justify going much lower than that. So I'll put them at 11 and six. Um, the roster looks really good, much of the same. So um, that's what I got them at. Yeah, so we're pretty much in agreement there. Uh, quick side note. So we got some questions on the last spot about what EPA and CPOE, CPOE mean. So just quickly, EPA is your expected points added, which means every situation, football, by down and distance, and field position has an expected amount of points to be generated from that. If you perform over that to get a positive rating, if you perform under that, you get a negative rating. Uh, CPOE is your completion percentage over expectation which the simple definition is, do you complete the passes you're supposed to? And by what margins that over or under do you complete? And again, positive is good, negative is bad. These are the two QB stats, the advanced analytics that should be, quarterbacks really should be ranked on. So if you hear somebody talking about yards, touchdowns, interceptions, or wins, just change the fucking channel and uh, move <laughs> on with your fucking day. Yeah, and r- real, right. quick, bo- real quick, Next, we're going to go see- over those. Real quick, Bosey, yes, I got go I got a question uh, from people too, and they wanted to know why do we hate the Indians so much? And I just I don't know how to answer that question. Maybe you can. Well, we'll do that in a future pod. Uh, we have have to prepare a statement, probably change our logo. <laughs> Fuck, who knows? Yeah. But anyway, we're moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, mm. they were four eleven and one. How did they win four? But Vegas is expecting a slight upgrade with a 4% win percentage jump with an over-under 
uh, from their over-under last year, five and a half. This year it's actually set at six and a half. So Longhorn, how about them fighting burrows, baby? Yeah, see, okay, I don't – we took money from Vegas last year on the under with Cincinnati Bengals, uh, much because that. And I think that Burrow was getting too much respect last year, and the roster sucked. Well, uh, fast forward another 12 months, and guess what? Burrow's still getting too much respect, especially coming off of that nasty injury that he had. And newsflash, since his roster still sucks, it never changes. It's, you can, it's like death and taxes. You can take it to, to the bank. Um, I, I have the shortest write-up on this of any of any team. It's – it is, dude. This is bad. Like I, I'm actually, I feel for Burrow. Like I, I wish there was. Well, I don't want to put a bet on something like that. But if there were a bet on will Burrow make it through the season without getting injured, I would absolutely take the no. He's not going to make it through the entire 17 games. This offensive line is doo doo, uh, and you know, it's it's. This is why teams stay bad because they had the what fifth pick in the draft. You had Rashawn Slater sitting right there, someone that you can plug right in the middle of that offensive line at either guard or at tackle, whatever you want, and, and help protect your franchise quarterback. But no, they took um, Chase, Jamar Chase, wide receiver at LSU, because the quarterback liked him, and you know he he wanted to play with his boy. That's not how you build, fo- build football teams. You start with the offensive and defensive line, and you go out from there. Looking at this roster, it looks pretty on the outside, and terrible in all of the middles, uh, including linebackers, slot uh, slot corners. You know, they, they've got some – they're good on the back end with safeties. I'll give them that. But, I mean, that ain't going to get you shit in this league. So, they actually found a way to get worse <laughs> the second year with Joe Burrow. I th- I've got them winning four games, safely landing under the total for the second year in a row. Four and 13 is what I got, Bocevas. What do you got? Yeah, man, I think you nailed it. Um, I think the slight bump is justified given the fact that they were 29th DVOA in offense last year, and we all know that that if you can upgrade that, that's going to give you your biggest jump. But the too much really? love to Burrow, you nailed that on the head. He was 17th last year in EPA versus CPOE, which means he was slightly below average, which is not the worst thing in the world for a rookie quarterback that only played whatever he played, six, seven games. So I'm, it's not a death sentence for him, but he wasn't great like everybody made out that he was great. He was below average, literally by definition. Yeah. And if you look at his quarterback, you know, value to the spread uh, against his backup, which is now Brandon Allen, which Brandon Allen showed up there literally week 12 and was the starter the same fucking day he showed up out of emergency. And through the rest of the year, if you took him versus Burrow, Burrow is only two points more valuable than Brandon Allen to the spread for their season performances. So that's only, you know, for seven, that's one win. So you're talking about now five, ten, and one. And they perform within 15 tenths of their Pythagorean theorem and our power rankings. So they were what they were supposed to be. And now Vegas has given them basically half a point, you know, upgrade, which with Burrow coming back, that's fun. But that bracket puts them in a 34% win percentage historically. So that's just a shade under six wins. And I'm with you. Even if you give them the extra one with Burrow and something goes right, they're still going to land under. Uh, I'll say 5-12, and 12, but that's being very, <laughs> very generous. That's their ceiling. I could see them winning two to three games 
if it all goes wrong for them. Hey, Cincinnati, uh, do yourself a favor. Go ahead and pencil in Evan Neal, offensive tackle for Alabama next year. Do not fuck it up two years in a row. Just take the guy, plug him into your shitty offensive line, and help out your dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. We're moving on now to your Cleveland yes. Browns. Yes. Finally, they're starting to pay off for all your loyalty. They oh. went 11-5 and five last year. Vegas is expecting a pullback, though, with their over-under set at 10.5 this year, but still a huge upgrade from last year's expectations of 8.5 over-under. Longhorn, take it away with your love affair with those Browns. Well... I do love the Browns. I um, spend kind of a bit at certain times on this on this podcast, but <laughs> but I will say, and we were talking about this before we started. I love when teams build rosters the right way, and I may be a little early on the love for these teams, but eventually, eventually, that pays off. And when you talk about building inside to outside, except in Jacksonville. Not yet. We'll see. We'll see. Just and actually, it did. Shut up. We're not. Gonna, we're not going to rehash that. I, they went to the AFC Championship game, and, and I, I consider that a win for me. Now, with these Cleveland Browns across the line, I have their PFF rankings on the offensive line are the best collaboration I have ever seen since we've been doing this podcast. Their worst offensive lineman was the rookie Jared Willis last year, and it was still in the seventies, which is very respectable for a rookie. If he can bump up. Uh, to that 80 mark, he'll still be one of the worst ones on that line, but they'll, they will have literally Pro Bowl quality from left to right tackle. It's, it's, it's incredible what they have stacked on this, on this uh, offense. Everybody knows the skill positions. They, they haven't changed. On defense, what did they do? A lot of draft picks. A lot of free agent capital on the defensive line. Clowny. No matter what you think about him, whether he's not he's not a number one overall pick talent, clearly he's still a productive run stopping defensive end. And when you have Miles Garrett across from you on the other side, that's exactly what you need. On the inside, they brought in Malik Jackson from Philadelphia. They drafted Elliot Jordan DT out of Missouri a couple years ago. They are oh, and they drafted another DT out of Ohio State this year, a rookie, big old fat Tongan. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but he's another guy that can plug in the middle and stop the run. The secondary is loaded. They've obviously put a lot of Reese's running there. They drafted Greg Newsom out of North uh, Northwestern. Greedy Williams out of LSU. Apparently that's not going too well in camp, but we'll see. He's still a high, uh, highly talented player. They brought in John Johnson safety from the Rams. They brought in Troy Hill from the Rams to play that corner slot. They got Denzel Ward. They got Grant Delpit in last year's draft, who hasn't even played yet, from LSU, a safety so they are literally loaded across. Like, if you're building a roster, this is a team's dream. Like, they do not have any weaknesses. The only place that, that could use a little help is in the is in the two inside linebacker spots. They brought in Anthony Walker from Indian, uh, Indianapolis, and, uh, you know, it, it's pretty weak there. It, they could use some help there. But with that pass rush and that secondary, I don't see it being a huge problem. Now, talking about the wins and losses, I may be a little high. I know I'm certainly probably higher than you, and that's fine. We were allowed to disagree. I've got them going 12 and five and winning this division. As a matter of fact, this is my uh, this is my one of my best bets. Over 10 and a half wins for Cleveland is my best bet on the AFC side. Um, I just don't see any way that they that this roster loaded from top to bottom, inside and out, on both sides of the ball, 
doesn't win the doesn't win the division and hit that over ten and a half. Tell me how I'm wrong, Bocephus. Well, I won't necessarily tell you that. I think you made a good case, and I think you got a good chance to hit your best bet there. What I will say is Cleveland is a classic yo-yo team in Vegas. Uh, under win total in 2017, over in 18, under 19, and over in 20. And I do expect that same pattern to continue. Now, they will be a good football team. They're going to be a playoff team. But they outperformed their Pythagorean theorem by over a game last year. And that almost always leads to a downturn, which is why Vegas has dropped their expectations. But Baker was number 10 last year in EPA plus CPOE. So how much better can he really get? I mean, that's probably about his ceiling, which is really good. That's really good. Top 10 in the league. That's what you want. Uh, Their offense was ninth in DVOA. Again, how much better can they really get? They didn't add anything there. They're probably going to be about there, which is great. But they were ninth best in turnover differential. Probably not getting better there. In fact, probably most likely getting worse, which is what really buoyed them to that extra win last year. And their defense was 25th last year in DVOA. You mentioned all the talent they brought in. I agree with you, but how quickly can they come together? That's always, you know, kind of the rub there when you bring in a bunch of new players. So we'll see. Uh, I do think they do take a step up on defense because just the talent level being raised eventually. But... The turnovers, you know, probably going a little bit backwards. The stagnant, you know, nature of their offense. Probably going to be a net zero there. They're only slightly upgraded in our power rankings from last year, which puts them in the 54% win bracket. So that puts them historically at nine wins. But I'm going to go slightly over that. I got them finishing just under the 10 and a half at 10 and seven. And I think the yo-yo continues in Cleveland. You, uh, just real quick before we move on. Did, I mean, all that. I can't argue with any of that uh, clearly, but... Let me just throw out one wild card, and it hasn't worked out in Cleveland up to this point. Wild but card, ask, bitches! That's right. Here comes the wild card. Like you, you asked, how can it get any better on offense? Well, it it could possibly get better if OBJ finally figures out how to connect on this team, like he did with the Giants. If that happens, added to what they already have around them, they could be a tick better and a little bit more dangerous on that offensive side. Possibly, but we've never seen him really connect outside of the fact where he's the clear number one on a shitty football team. And this is far from a shitty football team. Like you said, it's a very, very good football team. And at that point, like he kind of gets lost in the wash because if he's not, you know, all that's talked about, and the fact when he really gets outshined by his former teammate at LSU, you know, he kind of tends to disappear because he's a little soft in the head there, kid. All right. All right, moving on to those Pittsburgh Steelers. 12-4 and four last year. Huge. Step down from them. Huge. Step down from them from Vegas. Expected with an over-under set at just eight and a half. Longhorn, I have to say, this is the hardest year I can remember to handicap Pittsburgh probably since we've been handicapping games. So take it away with what you got on them. So, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they win... Or didn't they go start eleven and zero last year? They did. And what was their final record? Twelve and four. Now you're clearly the math guy and the brains of this operation, but that means they finished one and four. That would be correct. That uh, works out. Thank you. I, I always like to 
confirmation on easy math. It makes me feel better. <laughs> um, I think that what you saw at the end of last year is more of the same of what you're going to get for this year. And it all comes down to the first thing I wrote down on this team was offensive line terrible. Like this, this is, I don't know how you ran. You're going to, you're going to line up this fat ass cheeseburger, cheeseburger eating bathroom bandit quarterback behind this shit. <laughs> like, I mean, I know that we all know that he can find his way out of some, out of some trouble, both on and off of the field, but you are really pressing it when you're putting it behind this offensive line. Like it is, is as gross just as gross as Cincinnati's when I'm looking at it, and I'm not sure the I'm not sure the thinking there with that. Um, again, loaded on the outside, all the skill positions look great, much like Cincinnati. That when, whenever Pittsburgh is building like Cincinnati, you know that things are going wrong uh, up there up there in the um, Pittsburgh area. Now on defense, again, it's not much to complain about on this side. Little weak on the inside linebacker, which is which is not something you're used to seeing with Pittsburgh. Uh, if Devin Bush can come back and be what he was, sh- the promise that he was showing, then that'll help a lot. But other than that, it's looking pretty pretty rough there at the linebacker spot. They brought in Melvin Ingram from the Chargers to hopefully be that that guy opposite of T.J. Watt. We'll see if he's got much left in the tank. But again, other than that, they are loaded on defense like they always are. Uh, but just everything points back to points back to me that offensive line and and it's just ugly both Stevens. i've got them winning what's their what's their vegas number right now eight and a half oh shit okay so you know what i still jesus saying all that i've still got them going nine and eight and over the total so fuck me and everything i just said i just I, apparently they're gonna outdo their expectations jesus <laughs> Well, uh, I am with you. It's a big downgrade uh, from last year. I'm with Vegas, too. They outperformed their Pythagorean theorem also by quite a bit. We have downgraded in their power ranking significantly because of maybe one of the biggest downgrades that we have of the entire uh, NFL. Their O-line, like you said, is a fucking mess. Their quarterback's fatter than holy hell. They said he lost 20 pounds. I think he fucking found it already. I don't know. I saw him on TV the other day. I had to switch to the widescreen to get him all in. Yeah, but fat. even with the downgrade, Very fat. if you look at their schedule and the teams that they are better than in our power rankings and give them a split in Baltimore, which they always seem to do, and a Cleveland split, which they always seem to get, <laughs> and coupled with the fact that they will fall in the 53% win bracket, win percentage bracket, that's right at nine wins, just over where Vegas is projecting them to be. And the bottom line is Tomlin has never had a losing season in the NFL. And until he does, I'm not going to bet against him to do it, but I'm actually lining up right with you at 9-8 and eight on the Steelers. Oh, okay. Perfect. All right, so AFC North recap. Here's what I got. I got Cleveland going 10-7 and seven and winning the division in a tiebreaker versus Baltimore, who's also going to go 10-7. and seven. Pittsburgh 9-8, and eight, and Cincy, I'll say a Officially five and twelve, and good lord, I feel generous doing that. What was your best bet on this division? Well, I'm going to give my best bets at the end of the fucking show because you know the way it works in podcasts, you got to keep them listening. So I'm just keep teasing mm-hmm. mine, I and mean, you can just give yours away like fucking every 
Sally on the fucking street corner on Saturday night, but I'm going to keep mine, you know, I'm more oh. of a conservative type of gal, so I'm going to keep mine to myself until I know I've got him hooked in. Oh, that must have been, I must have fell asleep in the pre-show meeting. I, I, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have Cleveland going 12-5. and five. I have Baltimore right behind them at 11-6, and six, Pittsburgh at 9-8, and eight, and of course, those lowly, lowly Bengals at their usual four and thirteen. Go Jesus! All right, moving on from the AFC North, we're going to the NFC North, the North Division, the oldest division in football. As Pete Berman would say, with his baggy eyes and his rapist wit. Mm. Oh man, talk about a fucking pervert who's never been busted. How about that fucking guy? Who was- All right, moving on from that, we're who was that? <laughs> we're gonna start. Berman. Chris Berman. Oh, God. The great Chris Berman. Is he dead yet? <laughs> Not yet, I don't think. Although there are plenty of people that wishes that he was. Mm. But we're going to move on to the Bears. The Bears last year were 8-8. Eight and eight. Mm. Of course they were. They're over under this year is 7.5. Longhorn, what do you got on the Bears? Over under seven and a half. That is interesting. Um, I actually have the Bears going seven and ten, so that falls right in line with with the expectations. Um, I did like, you know, if, if if everybody listened to the draft podcast that we do in April, um, I'm I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. I really like him as a quarterback prospect. I think he has all the tools, uh, much like Herbert last year, just to be a really a really good NFL quarterback. We'll see how, you know, fit has a lot to do with this and coaching and all, all those things. But as far as traits, I love them. Um, I do not like, however, the offensive line and, and really the skill set positions very much at all. Um, their first round draft pick, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State, it, I think it was the first one. Was he first or second? I can't remember. It, he's not looking good. He's he's actually not even slated to be the starter right now, which which is not good for a team that needed a little bit of a boost on the offensive line. Um, now, of course, Andy Dalton's going to start the season as a, as the starter. You know, he, he's going to do what he always does. So it, it's it's really Chicago's choice when they want to get him in there because they're going to be kind of you know doing what they do right around five hundred. So it's really just whenever they want to pull that trigger. And put the rookie in there is when is when they'll do that. Now I do think Justin Fields' mobility will help with this less than stellar offensive line. Um, and, and honestly, I would, me personally, I would put him in sooner rather than later and just get that process started. Um, the defense looks very similar to what it does uh, most of the time. You know, good players all at every level. Every level has good players. So you know they're. I'd like to see a little bit better at the, at the outside cornerback position. They did draft uh, Johnson uh, a couple years ago out of oh my gosh, was it was it Utah? I can't remember, but but they're going to be solid. They're always solid on defense, and it's really going to come down to Fields. And with this roster, what I'm looking at, I can't justify going over seven wins. Rookie quarterbacks almost always struggle. Even Herbert last year, who set the world on fire. I mean, they won like what? What was it? Six games, seven games, Bosiva. So, um, seven and ten feels right to me, and they will look to add to this roster going forward after this season. What do you got? Well, clearly, Dick and the Bears are going seventeen and zero. So you're yeah. wrong about everything you said there. 
Yeah, where is No, the Bears were eighth last year in DVOA defense. You're you're not going to do much better than that. Uh, And if you do, like we've said before, who gives a shit? Once you're above average, you're above average. is all you really need to be to be a good football team. So that doesn't really matter much at all. Offensively, they're 25th, so so much room for improvement. On the most important side of the ball, the problem is, in spite of many popular beliefs, they actually downgraded a QB1 by one point against the spread by going the red rocket over Mitchie Boy. And the only other option, like you said, is a rookie, and you just said it. Historically, that doesn't turn out well. Also, just like Cleveland, they're a Vegas yo-yo team. Under in 2017, over in 18, under 19, and a push in 2020. And the bottom line is, longer. I just don't think they're a good football team. You know, they finished within one one-hundredth of a point of our power ranking to the Pythagorean Theorem, which means we have no choice but to downgrade them due to the quarterback situation, which puts them in the 36%. Win percentage bracket historically, which means they win about six games a year, and that's exactly where I have them, 6-11 and 11 and going Honda. Oh, wow, you got them lower than me. That's that's surprising. All right. Well, we're going to move on to, the D, to your Detroit Lions, the new apple of your eye. Vegas expects them to be worse from a winning, pers- winning percentage perspective this year than last year. Last year, we're 5-11. This year, their over-under is five. Longhorn, defend your Lions and your new favorite coach, since you love coaches who have idiotic-ass opening press conference conferences. Whoop-de-hell. Yeah, I'm not going to let you put that uh, put that that voodoo on me, uh, Ricky Bobby. So, <laughs> I mean, whoop-de-hell. Let me let me just say this as I'm as I'm trying to get to my uh, Detroit Lions page. It's it they're hard to find, just like on the TV. Um, let me say this. <laughs> let me say this about my quote unquote Detroit Lions. And by the way, if you're new to this podcast, it'll be my Detroit Lions, my Cleveland Browns, my Jacksonville Jaguars. It'll be my whatever both No, no, no. The Jaguars okay. are mine. Oh, now they're yours. Okay, well they but, were but, yours. They were years when they were Bortles, but you know what? You rode your boy into the ground, mm-hmm. and he's gone. So they're mine now. Yeah. So, so here, here's a here's a good look for everybody on how this on how this works. Um, so anyway, so Detroit is clearly, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go overboard like maybe I allegedly possibly have in the past, but let me <laughs> <laughs> let me just say this real quick to the people. Whoop the hell. When you build a team, I've said it a million times, you start with the offensive and defensive line. And what they have done in Detroit is they have loaded up on the offensive and defensive line. They have first round, second round, third round draft picks invested all over this offensive and defensive line. As a matter of fact, by the end of this season, I believe, and certainly going into next season, they will have Whoopty hell. one of the top two or three defensive tackle combos in the league with Aleem McNeil, who I love coming out of NC State. These are both rookies. And Levi, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. It's 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 one of those weird African names. I'm not even going to try to do it. But with those two, it's a perfect three. <laughs> it's a perfect three tech defensive tackle and a perfect nose tackle true nose guard one gapper so whoop the hell at some point that will pay off now they got they brought in michael brockers uh, 
on the on the defensive line. Whoop de hell. And of course the leftovers from last year when they did do some pretty good roster moves. It didn't didn't work out obviously, but leftovers are Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, uh, Whoop de hell. Uh, on the on the secondary, Jeff Okuda had one of the worst PFF grades as far as cornerbacks go, but I don't anticipate that happen, happening again. So I look for a slight bounce back. You can tell me what the numbers are on their uh, DVOA on defense, but on the offensive line, whoop de hell. Both tackle spots and the center, they've invested first-round draft picks. Penny Sewell, starting right tackle. Taylor Decker, starting left tackle. Both first-round picks. And Frank Ragnow, the center from Arkansas, is one of the best centers in the league. They drafted Jonah Jackson guard out of Ohio State, and they drafted Logan Stenberg out of Kentucky uh, in the 2020 draft. They have invested the dudes here. Now, the receiving core is literally the worst receiving core I have ever seen an NFL team run out there in my life. I don't know how <laughs> any – like, if you want you want a, a star, draft TJ Hawkinson in your fantasy league because he will be the only – target that golf looks for he will catch a hundred balls a season you can mark just mark it down you know they're good in the backfield with 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 d swift but this this team is clearly going to be a run the ball control the clock and play try to play good defense that is the that's the whoop de hell that they are building it the right way and when they do go four and 13 and they add a premier receiver in next year's draft a pass rusher it's going to all start to come together. Now, you may be right about this, Coach. He may be dumber than a sack of rocks, and he and he, he won't get to see the fruition of this work, possibly. But they are doing it the right way, and I have a soft spot in my heart for, for teams that do it the right way. So, 4-13 and 13 is what I got. Yeah, I looked up. I didn't even have written down their DVOA and defense. I looked it up for you. They finished 32nd. So, <laughs> oh, the can only go up, average baby. are slim. Yeah, but they're slim to none that they get above average is the only thing that fucking matters. Uh, they're a terrible football team. Stafford's worth two and a half more points ATS than Golf, which is a little over two wins a season. Golf is bottom third in the league for his entire career. Oh, no, sorry, since uh, actual, uh, he gets not not counting the fucking Fisher year. Bottom third in the league since he's had the boy genius EPOA plus CPOE. And again, that's with a great offensive coach and great talent, which he has fucking neither. This is a disaster once again in Detroit. I agree, 4 and 13. Let's move the fuck on. Getting to those Green Bay Packers. 13 and 3 last year, over under of 10 this year. Pretty big step back, Longhorn, from a Vegas perspective. What you got on the Packers? Yeah, I mean, this 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 team comes down to me. It's all about the quarterback, the drama queen quarterback. You and I have talked about this multiple times on this podcast we are not fans of aaron Rodgers, the the person clearly uh the quarterback he's a hall of fame quarterback yeah that dude the dude could be the best quarterback in the league every single year if he wanted to the problem is for whatever reason he doesn't have that drive year in and year out to be that dude every single year so in this situation i think this is the perfect setup for them to not meet expectations and it's going to be clearly because the quarterback is going to be checked out that um, we've got ourselves somewhat of a lame duck quarterback situation um, as soon as things go wrong in this year on this team for this quarterback he is going to tuck 
and and run. Like he is not going to risk getting hurt if, if if things get bad. We already know when he when they b- fall behind in games, he he bails out, bitches out, and you know that's why he's one of the worst come from behind quarterbacks in the league for for quarterbacks that are really good. Um, now the offensive line is a problem, and this is why I think it's going to go bad for them because they have new starters all over it, switching positions. Um, you know, rookies, rookie center. It, it's not going to be good. Now he'll he'll be protected on the left side with Bakhtiari. He's one of the best tackles in the league, clearly. But you got to have more than that. And once he starts running, getting frustrated, not having the time that he's used to, you're going to see that attitude start start to kick in for them and uh, for him. And it's just I see it going south. He could clearly 100% prove me wrong and win 13 or 14 games. He's just that good, but that's only if he wanted to. And I don't think he's going to have the motivation when he's on the way out. You know, the the, the situation with him and the, and the front office is horrible. So I see this going bad. The inside linebacker position on defense is one of the worst I've seen. So, you know, around that, they're, they're solid on defense. Could be a problem in the middle of that defense. They could be a little soft there. But again, it comes down to Rodgers. He, I just don't see it going well. I think he's going to bitch out and and start looking to the future and who he's going to play for next year. So I've got them actually winning ten games, going ten and seven. And um, I mean, do you? I mean, what do you think? Do you think he's going to have that MVP type season and and keep him on the same level, or is he going to step back? Well. <clears throat> It's hard to see him having the exact same season. He was the number one EPA plus CPOE quarterback in the league last year, and by a wide margin, when I say wide, I mean it was almost historically large, which everything tells you, history tells you, he's going to come back to the fold a little bit. Right. But their schedule is a bit tougher this year, but they've got Cleveland and Pittsburgh in Green Bay, which is an advantage. And even if Rodgers does fade a bit, I, f- I feel that as almost a net zero because they get two of their hardest games at home. And in our power rankings, they're falling right now to the 72% win percentage brackets historically, which would put them just over 12 wins, which is where I have them at, at 12 and 5. And the bottom line is they were number one DBOA in offense last year, 17th in defense. If they can get their defense a little bit better, and they're returning pretty much all their non-offensive starters, 10 defensive starters, they're basically going to be the same team. And I'm going to go the other way on Rodgers' motivation, and I could be totally wrong too. Mm-hmm. But I think he makes it his last ride, his one mission, to get to the Super Bowl and win another Super Bowl in Green Bay and then tell y'all, fuck y'all, I'm out. Good luck with the fucking kids you drafted because I'm all you've ever had besides <laughs> Favre. And you're never going to have anybody as good as me again. Uh-huh. That's how I see him going, throwing double middle fingers, holding the Lombardi Trophy. But we'll see. But I got him going twelve and five. Twelve and five is what you got. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Which is a step back from last year, and it's actually a big step back when you look at a win percentage uh, perspective. So I agree with Vegas. I just don't agree with them as hard as they're going. That's fair. All right. Last but certainly not least, another one of Longhorn's favorite teams. I don't know why, but it's the Minnesota Vikings. They went 7-9 and nine last year. Actually, I do know why. Their over-under this year is nine wins, which seems like an upgrade until you remember they were nine wins over-under last year, which means by winning percentage, Vegas is actually downgrading them slightly. So Longhorn, defend your boys here. Well, I mean... It's, it, the story about Minnesota is, is pretty simple. They are they are returning 
a huge chunk of people that did not play last year. Um, you take their best pass rusher, Daniil Hunter, missed, I believe, all of all – of, um, I think he played one or two games, basically most of the year. Michael Pierce set out the, deep, the nose tackle, set out with uh, COVID. Um, Anthony Barr missed a large chunk of games. Eric Kendricks missed, missed a large chunks of game. Um, and on top of that, they had a ton of draft picks on the defensive side who were thrusted into um, – early playing time and running around with their head cut off, not knowing what they're doing. Now these, now these players have another year or a year of experience under their belt. So they'll fit in nicely to that kind of backup part-time uh, part-time roles. They brought in Patrick Peterson from Arizona cornerback. They brought in Brashad Breland from Kansas city. Um, you know, they, they drafted uh, one of, one of my favorite draft picks that they drafted was a kid named Chaz Surratt, middle linebacker out of North Carolina. This, this kid, with that de- defensive coaching staff, could work wonders, um, you know. So I just love what they're doing. My only question mark on this defensive side is going to be who's going to be who's going to be that pass rusher opposite of Dan- uh, Daniel Hunter. They did spend a couple draft picks on some young, talented guys. The kid out of Florida State, Patrick. Um, oh my God, his name is escaping right now. But uh, oh, Janarius Robinson out of Florida State, and they also drafted the. Houston, oh my God, I, I don't know why I, I cannot find it right. Patrick Jones, there it is. Jesus Christ, Patrick Jones out of um, out of Houston. So they got two long, athletic young bodies that they drafted that can, if they can just come in and give like five to six sacks on the opposite side, then they'll be a nasty, scary defense. And then on offense, you, you we know what they are. They they drafted Darisaw to play left tackle, and they drafted Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State to fill in at right guard. That should set up nicely with the rest of the offensive line that was pretty solid with Garrett Bradbury at center, uh, Cleveland, who they drafted in the second round last year, and O'Neal steady as a rock at right tackle. So I don't see any – I mean, I can't – you know, I can't say that because the other team has Aaron Rodgers. Talent-wise, roster-wise, this is the best team in this division up and down the roster. However, this team does not have Aaron Rodgers – they have Kirk Cousins, so that ultimately could decide this division. But it doesn't always. And you know, I just just talked about how I think Aaron Rodgers is going to duck and run this season. So I actually have Minnesota winning this division, going eleven and six. Um, and and um, you know, am I crazy? Maybe. But that's what this is for. We're, we're, we make predictions. We have a little fun with it. So I know you're opposite. What do you got? Well, I mean, all that talk about long young men thrusting themselves into things. I mean, I, I've lost my train of thought over here, but I'm trying to get back on track. Um, yeah, despite popular belief, talking about the Cousins, you know, he's not the problem in Minnesota. I know he's their favorite whipping boy, and he's my favorite whipping boy. But you know what? We're truthful here on FGH, as always, when we're right and we're wrong. And he finished seventh last year in EPA, EPA plus CPOE. So much like Baker, he's not going to play any better. And just like the Browns, coincidentally, they're a yo-yo team. Over in 17, under in 18, over in 19, under in 20. Which means they're on an over trim. The problem here was their defense was 17th in DVOA last year, and they're trying to overhaul it, which again, it takes a lot to get those guys to come together, you know, quick enough to make a big enough difference in the record. Sure. I'm not saying that Zimmer can't do it. He is a great coach, but some shines kind of come off his diamond a little bit. But again, with Cousins, 
he's not going to play any better. And he finished 15th, 23rd, 8th, and 7th in that advanced analytics stat in his four years in uh, Minnesota, which means he's found his floor and he's found his ceiling. So you're got, you've got the best you got out of him last year, and you won, what was it, seven games, I said? Yeah, seven games. So I, I do upgrade the Vikings, and I do have them winning more than seven games, but I've got them at a push this year at nine and eight. That's where I got them. Okay, so I mean, oh, and your boy, uh, your left, your left tackle just got announced. He's having surgery, so they're hopeful he's ready for a week. Yeah, On they're what? hopeful he's ready for week one. It's mm. a core injury, they said. They're Ooh. hopeful he's ready for week one, but we'll see. Uh, if he misses a couple games, probably not the end of the world, but not a great start to your career in the NFL for sure. I was just gonna say I uh, like anyway I'm- NFC. I was going to say, I like when we have slight disagreements. I mean, that's, uh, you know, we don't have to see everything completely eye to eye. So a little, a slight disagreements are fun. Makes makes for uh, fun tracking during the season. Well, of course, sir. Yes. And some uh, side betting as we always do. Yeah, All right, on. the NFC North recap. I've got the Packers winning the division. Again, not a huge shocker. All but two seasons of Aaron Rodgers' entire career. He's won double-digit <sighs> games where he started the entire career. And one of them... Was his first year starting? I got him going twelve and five. I got the night Vikings going nine and eight, most likely making the playoffs. Bears six and eleven. They suck, and the Lions four and thirteen. Good God, your Lions <laughs> fucking blow! Oh God, we're gonna be hearing my Lions all year long. I can already tell. <laughs> I have Minnesota winning this division, going eleven and six. I've got Green Bay and the. Pussface Rodgers going ten and seven. I've got <laughs> Chicago going seven and ten, and my future favorite team, Detroit Lions, going four and thirteen. All right, boys and girls, that was all. Them wins coming in the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, I hope you enjoyed that breakdown of the AFC and NFC North. I promise you, nobody fucking does it better. And if you want proof of that, just go on any social media and look at those people that are supposedly handicappers breaking down shit that literally makes no sense. They have no fucking clue what they're talking about. And uh, side note, all those people on there work for sports books. So how much good advice do you think they're really fucking giving out? Anyway. Best bet time, baby. I got two best bets. My best bet in the AFC North is the Cincinnati Bengals under five and a half. I was very generous at five. They went one and five in the division last year. It's hard to see any improvement on that. And then they played the NFC North, which means they're worse than every single team. Detroit is the closest team to them, but that game is in Detroit. So they can go fuck themselves on that one. They got Jacksonville at home. That game's winnable. And they played the Jets, which they are ranked higher than in our power rankings. Only other game than that. Close in our power rankings is Denver, but it's in Denver. You can mark that down as a loss. So really, you can make an easy, easy case for 2-15, and 15, all things being equal. So I'm going to go with the easy under victory here. Five and a half on the Bengals' best bet. My best bet in the NFC North is Longhorns, Detroit, Lions, mm. under the five wins. 
They downgraded a quarterback. Their head coach isn't a head coach. They're the worst team in the division, and their schedule is fucking brutal. In the look-ahead lines, and I'm not making this up, they aren't favored in a single game out of 17. Not one, not even when they're hosting the Bengals. Now, I think that will change, and they will be favored in at least two of those games, which means they'll probably win one of those, and they sneak in a win, a couple wins maybe here and there, because it is the NFL. But 3-14 and 14 is not out of the question at all. And neither, honestly, is one in 16. It is an easy <laughs> under here. And best bet for me, Detroit under oh, the five. Okay. Yeah, but next year, those Detroit Lions, they'll win at least six <laughs> games. Like just, just look for six wins next year. Mark it down. My best bet. By the way, just quick, quick mm-hmm. side note. You shit all over the Packers. And you know what? They signed your boy, Blake Bortles. He's there. So, you know, no. he's your golden ticket, and you're still going to shit on him? No. Poo-poo on you, sir, I'm for not, loyalty. I'm not, gonna, lack I'm not loyalty, accepting that. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm discarding that immediately <laughs> from my memory. And and to hell with you for now. I hate Blake Bortles. All right, Minnesota is my best bet in the NFC. I've got them as the division winners. You can get that at plus 180. Love getting plus money on a team that I think is just flat-out better than Green Bay. And in the AFC, I already said it, got in trouble. I'll probably get my paycheck docked. Cleveland over 10 and a half. <laughs> Cleveland over 10 and a half. You get a paycheck? What the fuck? Oh, I better talk to Joan and payroll about that. That's, that's, that was, <laughs> she's, she's not going to be happy with spilling the beans. Cleveland over 10 and a half wins. I've got them winning 12, safely landing over. I think they're the best team in that division. And that is our best. Bets. All right. Well, talk to Jonah Payroll and Raul and the boys down in the kitchen <laughs> that are always cooking up a great Christmas feast uh, every Christmas time and tell the people all about that fabulous website one more time. I wonder how many people actually know what that joke is about. All right, you glory hole <laughs> seekers. That's going to wrap up another award winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias and don't forget to subscribe to both of our YouTube channels, the football glory hope and the degenerate with RJ choppy. And of course, coming this fall, dallascowboys.com. You can find us right there every single week. We are kind of a big deal. People we give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social social media quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see us as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football drinking beer and never pay a bookie again come on god damn it people never pay a bookie again steven tell it to yourself baby